Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Sunday, February 4th. Happy National Create a Vacuum Day, which if you don't know, is an area of space devoid of matter where the gaseous pressure is lower than the atmospheric pressure, and they're surprisingly difficult to create. And right here, I was gonna say, except inside the heads of politicians or Hollywood types, but the filter caught it, so I won't. But vacuum can also refer to any place where something was and ain't no more leaving a space for something else to rush in. Like, just for the sake of argument, let's say some hypothetical superpower liberates some third world country and then abandons it several years later. That creates what we call a power vacuum, which is usually filled by the next dictator that them superpower people's kids gotta take out when they grow up. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Or you could have a moral vacuum, when people who at least try to love the truth and behave decently are run off like in Congress or Hollywood. And I think it's pretty clear what rushes in to fill that void, as well as all the Epstein types that come with them. And those kind of vacuums are surprisingly easy to create. They're the default position for all of humanity. And it actually takes constant effort to maintain a positive moral pressure. In fact, every one of us starts out life as a totalitarian dictator, doing everything we know to do to force that really tall chick who takes care of us to bend to our every whim and desire. The good news is we also start out life really small and weak, so we can't kill her for disobeying. And if the tall chick is on the ball, by the time we're big enough to cause real damage, she's convinced us not to. If not, then we grow up and go to jail, or a psych ward, or Congress. But I repeat myself. Our reading for today is Exodus 19:16 through 21:21, Matthew 23:13-39, Psalm 28:1-9, and Proverbs 7, 1-5. So if y'all are ready, maybe I should get a job in the vacuum industry. I hear it's very low pressure. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, so yesterday on the 3rd in the Old Testament, we read Exodus 17:8 through 19:15, and they headed off from Horeb, and while they were traveling, then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim, and the Amalekites were the sons of Esau who hated Jacob because of the whole birthright and blessing thing. And now that the Jews were out from under the protection of Egypt, now that the lone world superpower had been taken down, they saw an opportunity to kill all the Jews. And remember when we said that as God reveals his plan a little bit at a time, Satan can direct his attack with more precision? Well, at this point, all he knows is that the guy that's going to stomp his head is going to be a Jew. So, kill all the Jews, and he gets to run the world forever. So here he comes, through Amalek. And Moses said unto Joshua, Raise an army, and tomorrow go whip up on him. I'm going to go stand on top of that hill with my snake stick and pray over you. Because Moses is in his 80s, which in modern years is probably like his 50s, about my age. And I ain't in no shape to fight no war. So he probably wasn't either. So he gets this rising star named Joshua to handle this part. And Joshua is the transliterated version of the Hebrew name Yeshua, which in Greek would be Jesus. So remember that for later. So Joshua did as Moses told him, and he fought with Amalek, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up on top of the hill. And as it happens, when Moses held up his hand, that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. So they got a big rock for him to sit on, and Aaron and Hur held up his hands for him. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. 
which has got to be the biggest understatement in the Bible. (laughs) And one commentary said, basically the point of this was to demonstrate for the Jews exactly how much they still need Moses, how their fortunes were tied with his. And maybe that sounds reasonable. And God told Moses to write this story in a book for Joshua, which is maybe when he started writing the Torah. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner, as in the banner they went to war under and won. So in chapter 18, when Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, heard of all that God had done for Moses and for Israel, Jethro took Zipporah, Moses' wife, after Moses sent her back, probably after that circumcision incident where she called him a blood husband, and their two kids, Gershom and Eliezer, and came to visit, where they were encamped at the Mount of God. So they're either at Mount Sinai right now, or they're within about 25 miles of it between there and Rephidim. The commentaries are unclear on whether he was at Sinai or just at that mountain range. And when I first started this, I decided I was going to just read what this book says and take it at face value. Because if the Bible doesn't mean what it says, then why doesn't it say what it means? And in the Hebrew, the word translated at the mountain is har, which could mean mountain or hill country. So I guess it could go either way. But I suspect they were at Mount Sinai. And Jethro said, Now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods, which makes me think he converted when he saw what God did to Egypt, which was the goal of all that. So score one at least. And the next day Moses sat to judge the people. And the people lined up from sunup to sundown waiting to have Moses settle their disputes and answer their questions and just generally drive Moses nuts with their petty silliness. And Jethro's like, dude, you can't keep doing this. Y'all are going to wear each other out, and one of y'all is going to end up killing the other before it's over with. You got enough on your plate as it is, dealing with God and all. So this is what you do. Round up your best men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands and rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties and rulers of tens. And every great matter they shall bring unto you. But every small matter they can judge. So Moses hearkened to the voice of his father-in-law and did what he said. Then Jethro's like, my work here is done, and he goes home. In chapter 19, in the third month, so they've been out of Egypt for three months now, the same day came they into the wilderness of Sinai. And the last chapter we just read took place at the Mount of the Lord, which is Mount Sinai, probably. So this chapter takes place before Jethro shows up, unless it doesn't, and Jethro already came and went while they were still a few miles outside of the area. Either way, it doesn't matter. Sometimes the Bible isn't chronological. And Mount Sinai is where they were trying to get, because that's where God wanted to meet with Moses face to face, more or less. And there's some controversy over whether Mount Sinai is really the one we call Mount Sinai today, the one the Arabs call Jabal Musa, the mountain of Moses, or whether it's actually Jabal al-Laws, which is not far away. And there's plenty of reason to think either way, not the least of which is that the top of Jabal al-Laws is all burnt and charred black as you'd expect from the fire of God burning up there for weeks on end. But I don't know enough about it to say one way or the other, so y'all can chase that down later. In verse 4, God's talking to Moses, and he says, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Which is an example of God using figurative language. This is not the Lord of the Rings, and nobody rode on an eagle from Egypt to Mount Sinai. And there's a lot of folks that will insist that you take every word of the Bible literally, and if God said it, then there must have been eagles. I've met these people, and it's best just to smile and nod. But there weren't. He didn't say that. God uses poetry and metaphor all the time. His metaphors represent actual literal things, which you can take literally, but it's okay to take things as they're meant in the Bible. 
And then in verse 5, God says basically, if y'all will just do what I tell you, then everything is going to go good for you. So Moses rounds up the elders and lays it out for them. And they're like, no problem. All that the Lord hath spoken, we will do. And if this is your first time through the Bible, let me just address this up front. God says that a lot. (laughs) He's constantly begging the Jews to just do what I ask you and things will go good. And the Jews almost never do and things almost never go good. So go ahead and get your head wrapped around that now. Of course, Jesus says the same thing to us and it's just as true. But anyway, God says, y'all spend the next two days doing some ritual cleansing and sanctifying yourselves. Don't even fool around with your wives. Because on day three, I'm showing up in a thick cloud, and I'm going to burn the top off of this mountain. And if anybody but Moses or Aaron touches this mountain, whether it be beast or man, they get put to death. But that's as far as we read. The first battle against Amalek. Hands raised to God in submission and praise, and Israel prevailed. Even Moses, the friend of God, couldn't hold up his hands for the entire battle. Moses needed help, so God would prevail. Aaron and her, in raising Moses' hands, they raised theirs. And wherever two or more are gathered. But in the New Testament, we read Matthew twenty-two thirty-four through twenty-three twelve, And Jesus has announced himself as the Messiah and King, but that don't stop the Pharisees from trying to outsmart him, which they can't, but they keep trying. One of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Which is brilliant. That's the whole Bible right there. There's a couple of things you got to know first, like which God is the real one. Of course, if you love him, you'll probably put some effort into figuring that out. And if you love him, once you figure that out, you'll probably put some effort into doing what he says. I could go on, but that would defeat the purpose of boiling it down like that. But since the Pharisees were gathered all together right now, Jesus asked them, What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? They say unto him, The son of David. Which, the son of David was an actual title of the Messiah. So there wasn't going to be any question about that. So then he says, Well, then why did David call him Lord when he was writing the Psalms? If David then call him Lord, how is he his son? Personally, I think it has something to do with that last shall be first thing, and the elder shall serve the younger like kept happening in Genesis. But they didn't have an answer for him. And after that, none of the Pharisees wanted to talk to Jesus anymore. So he turned to the multitude and he's like, look, y'all been watching me humiliate the Pharisees and beat them at their own game. But they are the authority. The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. Do what they say. But don't do what they do because they're hypocrites. They put burdens on y'all that they're not willing to carry themselves. They'd be insulted if you even suggested such a thing. They're in charge, so do what they say. But just understand that all their religious works are just for show. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments. And a phylactery is either of two small square leather boxes containing slips of paper with scripture on them, and they wear them on the left arm and the head by observant Jewish men during weekday prayers. And the borders of the garment The borders of the talit, the prayer shawl, had to do with God's authority and remembering and doing the Lord's commandments. So basically what he's saying is, these guys get the biggest phylacteries and prayer shawls they can find so all y'all will know how much better they are than you. 
Kind of like, you ever know one of those Christian types that always has the edgy Christian t-shirt on and multiple crosses around his neck and a Jesus fish on his car and Bible verse bumper stickers so that everybody knows he's a Christian? Well, perhaps I'm too cynical, but I've met people. And a good rule of thumb is, if you have to tell somebody you're something, you're probably not that thing. Like if somebody says, I'm not an angry person, but you know the next words out of their mouth will probably be hateful. And that's what Jesus is getting at here. These are the guys that love to be called rabbi and love the uppermost rooms at feasts and the chief seats in the synagogues and to be just worshipped in general. But we're not supposed to be like that. For one is your master, even Christ. And all ye are brethren. So neither be ye called masters and call no man your father upon the earth. For one is your father, which is in heaven. And if you look that word up in the Strong's Concordance, it's the same word as is used of a biological father. And the word means one who imparts life and is committed to it. A progenitor, bringing into being to pass on the potential for likeness, which is kind of profound. So I think it's okay to draw that distinction because both are correct. And I think Jesus is drawing that distinction here. But if the Lord leads you differently, you can say dad instead of father. I know a guy like that. But the larger point here is, whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. It's less about the words and more about what you mean by them. And like the Pharisees, we can get our rewards here from men or get rewarded by the Lord for eternity. If we love God, we aren't going to settle with such a low bar. And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 27, 7 through 14. And David continues by begging for mercy and promising to seek God's face. And then he expresses his faith that if he does so, the Lord won't leave him behind. And verse 14 kind of sums it up. He says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Amen. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Moses had to believe holding his hands up mattered before he saw that it did. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 6, 27 through 35. And basically he says, if you play with fire, you're going to get burned. And if you mess around with your neighbor's wife, you're guilty of adultery. And I think he probably means that literally and figuratively, as in following other gods or not loving wisdom and truth. He says it's one thing to steal bread when you're hungry. You shouldn't do it. You still got to make restitution, but you can be forgiven. But whoso committeth adultery destroyeth his own soul. You'll be dishonored, and the girl's husband will probably want to kill you. Again, he probably means this both literally and figuratively. Yeah, hate sin. Don't play with it. Don't entertain it. It will dishonor and mark us for destruction. The hungry thief only needs to pay back seven times what he stole. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for February 4th is Exodus 19.16 through 21.21. And it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud upon the mount, and the voice of the trumpet exceeding loud, so that all the people that was in the camp trembled. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the nether part of the mount. And Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke, because the Lord descended upon it in fire and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mount quaked greatly. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long, and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake, and God answered him by a voice. And the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai, on the top of the mount, and the Lord called Moses up to the top of the mount, and Moses went up. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go down, charge the people, lest they break through unto the Lord to gaze, and many of them perish. And let the priests also which come near to the Lord sanctify themselves, 
lest the Lord break forth upon them. And Moses said unto the Lord, The people cannot come up to Mount Sinai, for thou chargest us, saying, Set us bounds about the mount, and sanctify it. And the Lord said unto him, Away, get thee down, and thou shalt come up, thou and Aaron with thee. But let not the priests and the people break through to come up unto the Lord, lest he break forth upon them. So Moses went down unto the people, and spake unto them. Chapter 20 And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and shewing mercy unto thousands of them that love me, and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. And all the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God is come to prove you, and that his fear may be before your faces, that ye sin not. And the people stood afar off, and Moses drew near unto the thick darkness where God was. And the Lord said unto Moses, Thus thou shalt say unto the children of Israel, Ye have seen that I have talked with you from heaven. Ye shall not make with me gods of silver, neither shall ye make unto you gods of gold. An altar of earth thou shalt make unto me, and shalt sacrifice thereon thy burnt offerings, and thy peace offerings, thy sheep, and thine oxen. In all places where I record my name, I will come unto thee, and I will bless thee. And if thou wilt make me an altar of stone, thou shalt not build it of hewn stone. For if thou lift up thy tool upon it, thou hast polluted it. Neither shalt thou go up by steps unto mine altar, that thy nakedness be not discovered thereon. Chapter 21 Now these are the judgments which thou shalt set before them. If thou buy an Hebrew servant, six years he shall serve, and in the seventh he shall go out free for nothing. If he came in by himself, he shall go out by himself. If he were married, then his wife shall go out with him. If his master have given him a wife, and she have borne him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall be her masters, and he shall go out by himself. And if the servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go out free. Then his master shall bring him unto the judges. He shall also bring him to the door, or unto the doorpost, and his master shall bore his ear through with an awl, and he shall serve him forever. And if a man sell his daughter to be a maidservant, she shall not go out as the men servants do. If she please not her master, who hath betrothed her to himself, then shall he let her be redeemed. 
to sell her unto a strange nation, he shall have no power, seeing he hath dealt deceitfully with her. And if he have betrothed her unto his son, he shall deal with her after the manner of daughters. If he take him another wife, her food, her raiment, and her duty of marriage, he shall not diminish. And if he do not these three unto her, then shall she go out free without money. He that smiteth a man, so that he die, shall be surely put to death. And if a man lie not in wait, but God deliver him into his hand, then I will appoint thee a place whither he shall flee. But if a man come presumptuously upon his neighbor to slay him with guile, thou shalt take him from mine altar that he may die. And he that smiteth his father or his mother shall be surely put to death. And he that stealeth a man and selleth him, or if he be found in his hand, he shall surely be put to death. And he that curseth his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. And if men strive together, and one smite another with a stone or with his fist, and he die not, but keepeth his bed, if he rise again and walk abroad upon his staff, then shall he that smote him be quit. Only he shall pay for the loss of his time, and shall cause him to be thoroughly healed. And if a man smite his servant or his maid with a rod, and he die under his hand, he shall be surely punished. Notwithstanding, if he continue a day or two, he shall not be punished, for he is his money. Our reading in the New Testament for February 4th is Matthew 23, 13-39. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye compass sea and land to make one proselyte, and when he is made, ye make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. Woe unto you, ye blind guides, which say, Whosoever shall swear by the temple, it is nothing. But whosoever shall swear by the gold of the temple, he is a debtor. Ye fools and blind, for whether is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifieth the gold. And whosoever shall swear by the altar, it is nothing. But whosoever sweareth by the gift that is upon it, he is guilty. Ye fools and blind, for whether is greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifieth the gift? Whoso therefore shall swear by the altar, sweareth by it, and by all things thereon. And whoso shall swear by the temple, sweareth by it, and by him that dwelleth therein. And he that shall swear by heaven, sweareth by the throne of God, and by him that sitteth thereon. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye pay tithe of mint, and anise, and cumin, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done, and not leave the other undone, ye blind guides which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones, and of all uncleanness. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because ye build the tombs of the prophets, and garnish the sepulchres of the righteous, and say, If we had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Wherefore ye be witnesses unto yourselves." that ye are the children of them which killed the prophets. Fill ye up then the measure of your fathers. Ye serpents, ye generation of vipers, how can ye escape the damnation of hell? Wherefore, behold, 
I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them ye shall kill and crucify, and some of them ye shall scourge in your synagogues, and persecute them from city to city, that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth, from the blood of righteous Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, son of Barachias, whom ye slew between the temple and the altar. Verily I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets, and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. For I say unto you, Ye shall not see me henceforth, till ye shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And our reading in Psalms for February 4th is Psalm 28, 1-9. A Psalm of David Unto thee will I cry, O Lord, my rock, be not silent to me, lest if thou be silent to me, I become like them that go down into the pit. Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry unto thee, when I lift up my hands toward thy holy oracle. Draw me not away with the wicked and with the workers of iniquity, which speak peace to their neighbors, but mischief is in their hearts. Give them according to their deeds and according to the wickedness of their endeavors. Give them after the work of their hands. Render to them their desert. Because they regard not the works of the Lord, nor the operation of his hands, he shall destroy them and not build them up. Blessed be the Lord, because he hath heard the voice of my supplications. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise him. The Lord is their strength, and he is the saving strength of his anointed. Save thy people, and bless thine inheritance. Feed them also, and lift them up forever. And our reading in Proverbs for February 4th is Proverbs 7, 1-5. My son, keep my words, and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live, and my law as the apple of thine eye. Bind them upon thy fingers, write them upon the table of thine heart. Say unto wisdom, Thou art my sister, and call understanding thy kinswoman, that they may keep thee from the strange woman, from the stranger which flattereth with her words. And that'll do it for the fourth. Okay, y'all, let's do our 30-second meditation. Today's prayer is on Exodus 4.1, which says, And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. So hit the 30-second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on whose approval we're really after. Because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, even after you assured Moses you would be with him during his trials, he still resisted your commands, for he worried no one would believe him. Like so many of us, Moses allowed his fear of the opinions of the world to overpower his love for you and his desire to be your servant. Often the tasks you set for us are scary and overwhelming, but we humbly ask you, Lord, to never let that intimidate us, and that you work in us faith strong enough to reject the world's approval. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yallin' I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody listening and let this podcast be of some kind of help to them. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google, CastBox, and Facebook. If you like Bible Y'all and you want to support it, best thing you can do is to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family. If you got any prayer requests, email them to BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you can't make things any better, 
Just try not to make them any worse. Thanks everybody and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible y'all. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. Yeah, I'll bet they did.